The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey guys, college pod up in a minute. Speaking of action, sportsbook bet DSI. Special offer here. Bell 101, B-E-L-L 101, 20 years online, reputation for great service, fast payout, and they have special offers on first deposits. That's right. And those bonuses, yeah, you got to play through and all that and make sure, you know, you can get the specifics from BetDSI, but if you're going to be playing... And here's what I always say. If you have three outs, yeah, fourth out's good, but you're going to pick up a modest amount. But if you only have one out or two outs, two places to play, one place to play, the difference adding that second, adding that third is literally night and day. All those half points means significant numbers of units and whatever amount you bet per unit, think about it, in a given football season, in a given year. And March Madness, remember, right around the corner after the football season. BetDSI.com. Bell, B-E-L-L, 101 is the promo code for the special offer. On to the podcast. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. College Football Conference Championship Week Edition with a jam-packed, even a second Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, Brad Powers. All the college knowledge. Special guest from Florida. Weighing in at 157 pounds. You're a little light. (laughs) Dave Esler. Also, Ken Thompson. He's got a little bit of sleeves, but he's still showing some bicep. And Steve Fezzik. Guys, remember Thanksgiving? You have like the kitty table. We've got two tables of wise guys and the biggest college football games of the season. Conference championships. Best bets, crossfires. All of it. First, Ken, we've got a question for you. I don't want you to feel any pressure. Now, you've done very well with your picks this year, but you had a bad week last week with us with the green button. For the first time this whole season, you showed up 10 minutes late. There was a ton of speculation. Ken's not showing because he doesn't want to pay off. No, not even. Was it just a coincidence that you were late? No, the reason is because the last several times I've gotten here and you guys are reviewing the 3 to 4 p.m. show. So I figured, why am I going to sit here and listen to you guys do that? I have enough stuff that I'm working on, college basketball. As I so no home. connection. It's oh, just ran. None at all. None at all. I literally left the house at 4 minutes to 4 and figured I'd get here about all right. What do you think of that, Brad? I believe him. It did sound pretty convincing. Yeah. But you weren't, you weren't saying that before. You were saying, you were saying <laughs> and I also stopped at the bank to make sure I picked up some cash. You were saying, I bet Ken don't show. <laughs> I bet he robbed the bank. He bet he robbing the bank. So you were at least at a bank. <laughs> Look, when you, when you go to pregame.com, Brad, and you see 40, 16, and three in my last 59 <laughs> football games, 
Plus 68.1 units. You don't have to worry about it. He's going by memory there, baby. He didn't look at any notes for that one. He knew that record. <laughs> Ken Thompson, everybody. All right. Well, we got to do it every week. Thompson. Yeah, I'm crying a little bit. Lost 800, <laughs> took all my profits away, and now for the year, I'm actually uh, I'm down some money. I'm trying to find it there. 220. Uh, 220. Minus 220. Hi, I'm Steve Fezzik. I went two and one last week, and it was a good thing because I'm still down on the year 15 and 14 and two, down $650. I'm RJ. I cashed against Fez. I call that Tuesday when I cash against Fez. <laughs> it's been a bad year for Fez. But your your pick, I mean, you probably don't have it memorized like Ken, but your picks on College Impro have been real strong, Fez. They have been, but you guys... We've been have, just picking off your weaknesses. You know me like the back of a book here. Now, are you thinking about crying no moss? Like saying, uh, could you see the call, Brad? He's like, uh, RJ, um, you know, I really like the pod and... You know, I know there's a lot of people listening and uh, I want to keep doing it, but is there any way I can maybe not bet? Like, do you, do you think that's going to happen? The college, maybe. I think I have I more... could see that. I was thinking you would tap out. <laughs> I think I have more <laughs> likes this week than anybody else on oh, the right. podcast. So let's bring, bring it on. Bring it. bring it. Come on. So Brad's smart enough to know that taunting you is the way to get you back in. So now He's what's right. the next level? Yeah. He's right. All right, let's do it. Showtime. Woo. <laughs> All right, first game. We're going to go in rotation order. I mean, there's best bets all over the place. It reminds me of the great TV show, Alice. It's a little before your time, Brad. Did you ever watch that? I did not. You were aware of it that day, right? I was. Did anyone watch Alice? Remember, there's a new girl in town, and she's looking good, and a fresh, freckled face. And that would be with Mel behind the counter. Exactly. So Mel was an old Navy guy. You know, had his cigarettes in his white T-shirt. He was a fry cook. And Flo, I think everyone even didn't watch a show, even if you're a kid now, you know, if you're 20 or whatever, you heard, kiss my grits. That was that was Flo saying, kiss my grits. Well, Mel was always dating a bunch of women. Flo was dating men left and right. But there's a little known episode. They dated each other. Wow. And they were all, yeah, there was this like post-coital glow perpetually between them and all that. And at one point, Mel gets a call on the phone. They go, Mel, you want to go down to the bar and uh, and and look for girls? He looks at him and he's on the phone. He's like, what? He goes, I'm up to my hips and broads. Like that looked <laughs> like with Flo. <laughs> wow. So we're up to our hips. And <laughs> it stuck with me. In best bets. So let's start. Memphis, Central Florida. Let's go around the horn here with the value of the quarterback first, Brett. Yeah, Mackenzie Melton, who's out for UCF. I think he's right around worth a touchdown. One of the more valuable players in all of college football. How about 80 total touchdowns the last two years? That's more than any single player in college football. So a touchdown. Now, these teams played before the championship game, right? So if you extrapolate out home field and all that and assume the only difference was the quarterback and obviously that's not the only difference. 
What kind of adjustment is there? Uh, more than a touchdown. Uh, UCF was laying four and a half to five at Memphis. And now, even though they're that was at Memphis this week at home, laying less three. So that's saying, you know, obviously seven, actually eight, nine points difference as far as the line. Okay. So what you're saying is all things equal and they haven't been. This current line is an eight and a half point adjustment from the first meeting. Yep. You're saying the quarterback's worth a touchdown. So has Central Florida been upgraded otherwise in a way or Memphis downgraded or is this a sign the market's overreacting to the quarterback? Hmm, that's a good point. I think both teams since that game have been upgraded. I mean, Central Florida's got, got several good wins. In yeah, so, but weeks. relatively about the same upgrade? I would say that, yeah. So then the lines moved eight and a half. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, you were saying on straight out of Vegas on Monday, you, your first thought was six points. Mm-hmm. So then the market kind of was nudging you the other way. It feels yes. like an overreaction, maybe. It does, discerning. At the current number of three, it definitely does. Money has poured in on Memphis here. This line's moved two, two, two and a half points since the opener. Okay, so money's poured in on Memphis, but even at the current number, it's moved too much. Yeah, I would agree with right, that. So it was even more of a move before, mm-hmm. right? Okay. No, it's, oh, it oh, didn't move enough. Central Florida opened about five and a half. Here, oh, okay. So five. Central Florida opened five and a half. And at that point, the move would have been about what you expected. Mm-hmm. But now it's been money on the dog saying, hey, we're fading Central Florida because they don't have the quarterback or whatever the rationale is. And now you think maybe it's too much. Yes. From a pure power ratings aspect, I think it so is you, too But you've just got to lean. Why don't you like it? Well, I'm on the other side of that power. And that's why it's not a like. I think Memphis specifically has a uh, matchup edge here with uh, Memphis, even though it's going against my power. Uh, you know something? Let's let, let yeah. why don't you hold that? Because we actually have a crossfire All right. on this game. I just wanted to get the quarterback situation, yep. the framework of the odds. And as our longtime listeners know, this sound, it means there's a battle. And for the first time ever, Dave Essler is in a crossfire. Now listen, Dave's been giving us picks remotely. I can't tell you the number of times the other pros at the Wise Guy Roundtable were saying, oh, I wish I could bet Dave on that one. Well, you finally get This is a guy, and I've been vouching for Dave from day one. If you look at his, like, 4,000 picks he's made at pregame documented, he's won as many units as anyone in the world. Dave is a winner at this, and he's not in the Vegas echo chamber. He'll say stuff that, like, I, you know, I would maybe have the guts to say, but I'd, I'd pause because I know everyone would disagree with me. Dave don't care. <laughs> he don't give a care, as some would say. Let's start, Dave. It's you against Ken Thompson. That's always dangerous. And against Fezzik. Fezzik and Ken versus Dave Esler, two-on-one, Andre the Giant style. Make your case. Well, that is Andre the Giant. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't trust Memphis. Lots of times when I want to put my money down, it's who I trust. And if you look back at that last game, that 31-30 Memphis win, Memphis didn't score in the second half at all. Zero, none, nada. And I really do trust UCF's defense. I think they were somewhere near, somewhere near the top in points per play, like 12th. And I know you Vegas guys love that points per play. Um, and, and I think having Mac with a little extra time to prepare, I mean, this Milton thing didn't just happen. So I think 
and they're at home. So essentially, they're saying these two teams are even, and I disagree. So if you want to crossfire with me, guys, go for it. Oh, it's automatic, baby. It is automatic. I tell you one thing, I and I, I can jump on at any time. That's a beauty, Brad. I mean, you can jump on. I personally think, now how would you characterize the Central Florida coach? The new coach, Josh Heupel, mm, not as good as Scott Frost, but he's impressed me this year. I, I didn't like the hire, to be honest with you, RJ. Because I'll tell you this, it strikes me that if there's any game, it's us versus the world. Mm. It's let's prove the naysayers wrong. It's going to be this game. They might even be emotional playing for their quarterback that's still well, that's laid up in saying. the hospital. I, I th- and, and playing for a second undefeated season? Yep. So I don't know. if he, I, I will tell you this. If all you told me was Central Florida has a chance for a second undefeated season, they lost their quarterback. And if you told me the line's going to be properly adjusted, that factor is going to be perfectly considered by the line, I would auto bet Central mm. Florida. We're saying maybe the line's been o- or the factor's been over considered. So I'm thinking about jumping on with Dave. Let's let Ken thinking and Fez. About it, no, you have to do it before Ken and Fez make their case. Right now or never. Is this the Dave Esler podcast? I love it. <laughs> hey, I don't think you got the rules straight, buddy. I mean, <laughs> we'll give you a break. This, that's the beauty. Hey, I can get on a plane tomorrow. You got to stay and put up with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of this. The beauty is we all are the sausages being made. Sometimes, in fact, teasing ahead to the NFL, and this is painful, is we actually were, we just crushed the Vig, Maddie Holt, and made it. He took a bad number and all this. He didn't even what. Then after he pressed the button, he had 900 of bets on it. And he goes, I don't even like this side. Why did I bet? <laughs> Sometimes you get dizzy with, but that's what we try to do. We try to discombobulate people. Ken, make your case. All right. First game, here's the thing. and The winning streak continues, and I and I like the Central Florida team. To think this team went 0-12 a couple years back and turned things around the way they did, that's great. But they stole the first game against Memphis. They had no business winning that game. And now I think Brady White, Daryl Henderson, these guys, yeah, they know they didn't score the second half of the one-point loss, but now they're going to take care of business. They've seen this defense before. And they know Daryl Mack Jr., look, he's a good quarterback as far as athletic, but the kid can't throw the ball a lick to the receivers that are on his team. I think he's going to be under duress. I think UCF's going to be rather conservative running the ball. McCray, Killens, McGowan, these guys will all be running the ball. They're going to take some pressure off Mack Jr. Memphis is going to take care of business. They're going to open it up. And they got the number one rusher as far as I'm concerned in the country in Daryl Henderson. I think this guy's the real deal. I think Bryce Hoff has a big game. And I think Memphis ends up not only avenging that loss earlier, but winning this game decisively. So what you're telling me, if we adjusted this line seven points and the quarterback was healthy for Central Florida, you would be taking Memphis plus 10. No, this, is, it, this it, isn't about the quarterback. Not, it is about the quarterback. Mackenzie Milton's a different animal. So you think, he's worth more, you think he's worth more than seven points? I think, he's, I think he's a difference between them winning the game and losing the game. There's no doubt in my mind. Fez. I think the downgrade going to Mac from Milton... RJ's not going to like this. 10 points. 10 points. Let me back it up. Ken said it. Matt can't throw a lick. Let me give you some stats. Milton, 
He's a stud. He completes almost 60% of his passes, over nine yards per attempt, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. All right, let's look at what Mac's done. Instead of 9.2 yards per attempt, four yards per attempt. Four. But hold on. When has Mac played? I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> he had to play against East Carolina, one of the worst defenses in the conference. And he was awful. He was 12 for 20 for 69 yards against an awful ECU. And, and who won again? UCF. Well, UCF won. Okay. By, how, everybody many, by how many points? 27. So it sounds like one of those situations they didn't need to take risks. So what, like Clemson against BC, right? We weren't blaming Clemson for not taking risks in that game. They had the game locked didn't up. Didn't have to. He what? threw the ball 20 times. He was inept. No, inept. But, but 60% completions isn't inept. They were just dumping the ball off, being conservative. Three and a half yards per play. It's so awful. Um, well, he loves that yards per play. I, I, I do. As far as the emotional aspect, I would agree with you. If Milton had gone down in the fourth quarter, I'd be staying away from this game. But the bottom line is Milton went down in the second quarter. They went into halftime and the entire team dedicated the second half against South Florida. We got to win it for Milton. So they, now you think they don't want to pr- continue that? You think they shot their wand? How many times left? do you want to turn it up to 11, RJ? They well, turned it up you, to 11 last week. How much gas is left in the tank? Memphis wins, like Memphis, like the under, all because of the quarterback change. So you like you like the under also, 66. I do. I do. The fact that number 66 is implying that, that Central Florida is going to get some points. Number was 70. They might, they've been betting it like crazy. It's down to 66 to 65. So the market is saying they're not going to get as many points well, as they thought. Hold on a second. Who said, who, who do you think thinks that the quarterbacks are equal? We get it. The line's down, but they still let's extrapolate out the line, right? So if it's 66 minus three is 63. So it's like 31 to 31. So it's 34, 31 is the score here, right? So we they think Central Florida's putting up 34 with this horrible quarterback. Yes, and they're wrong. Memphis wins. <laughs> Brad, what do you think? We're going to let Dave pick off one of the comments if he disagrees with it. What, what do you most disagree with it? Everyone said so. Well, here's what I think is being overlooked and good handicaps from everyone. Although, here's, Oh, come here, on. Yeah. Come here's on. the best That's one. not our... Peace and love. Peace and love. That's not Forget about the quarterback for a second. UCF, they struggle. Their biggest weakness outside the backup quarterback is rush defense. That's the concern for me here. If you're looking to back Central Florida, they give up more than 200 rushing yards per game. What is Memphis's strength? KT mentioned it. Daryl Henderson, the running back, second leading rusher in the country. Their strength on offense is running the football. I think Memphis gets yards left and right. That's why I'm leaning with Memphis. But why I don't but like it? Really, the fact you're not batting means you shouldn't even have. I should just turn your mic. Yeah, off. just turn it off. Dave, you want to? I'm thinking about going with you. you got, give me one thing to well, put let, me over let, the top. Let me ask you a question that you probably already know the answer to. How did Memphis do against Navy or Tulane? Mm. They didn't win. Mm. What would Navy and Tulane look like? Is UCF better than either one of them without Milton? I think so. Yeah, but Memphis played UCF with Melton. We can yab at this this to death. All right. So it's minus three, right? Minus three, yeah. RJ has the green. Ah! So now 400 smacks. Mm. Two, 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 and two. So we got 800 in action, Dave. Fist bump. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was last wow. for 147 pounds. He yeah. he was cracking. <laughs> you want to jump on, Brad? You're, no, you got, I'm not. Yeah, no. scared. Yeah, Next scared. game, Fez. That you hate when I go. Have you beat me on a bet this year? I don't think a football bet. 
I think you're like 17 0 and 1. Wait, you did beat me the game where you were yeah, giving where me I, 15 and a half. To, you were giving me plus 15 50. The Houston wouldn't win by over 13 points, and they won by 13 it, against the Jags. You lost your super, super <laughs> pleaser bet by half a point to me, right? And a weather bet. Oh, well, that one's yeah. under, you know, yeah. that one was uh, the Mayor Mackey. He, uh, in fact, we have a, this is a new feature. We've got a producer mic that we can turn up at any time. Mackey, when you gave the information about the weather bet, when we have our weekly report on the batting that you put together, what did you say about it? It was void because Fez swindled our <laughs> I got to be honest. I'm happy the bat was voided. I don't like the idea that I could possibly be swindled. But it, <laughs> but in this case, if the choice was, you know, pay that bet or not, I'll, I'll accept that adjective. Fez, it's got to be worth it to you. You swindled me. Well, it's <laughs> not something I'm not. I'm going to say that I normally, some would say they're not proud of that. I'm actually kind of proud of it. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. It's true. Texas, Oklahoma. Right now, our betting line, Oklahoma, seven and a half, neutral field. Where's this game? Kansas Arlington, City? Texas. Arlington. Any home field? No. No, I think it'll be split pretty much 50-50. All right. Fez has his best bet on this game, and Brad likes it. And it's on the same side. Fez, you start. Yeah, best bet, Texas plus seven and a half. All Texas does, RJ, seemingly is play close games. Nine of their 12 games this year have been decided by seven or fewer points. The three that haven't were Texas comfortable wins. So I expect more of the same here. And bottom line is Oklahoma's defense is not to be trusted at all. They've given up 40 points in four consecutive games, including a game against Kansas. If by some way Oklahoma's offense, which is great, gets up by 10, 14 points, the back door should be wide open for Texas, like Texas plus seven and a half. Hmm. So, Brad, you like this too. Let me start with a question from you. Has Texas disappointed since beating Oklahoma? And if so, where? Why? Mm. I would say disappointed defensively, but not necessarily because of performance. They had, you know, four or five guys banged up in the back end at linebacker and defensive back that led to it. Otherwise, I haven't. So, right now, are they still banged up? No, they're a little bit healthier. They've gotten healthy so, the last couple of weeks. Now, that's interesting. So, what you're saying is, Beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Fall short, have two, what two additional lot two yep. losses since. But you're saying that was a different team, mm-hmm. and now they're healthy again. Mm-hmm. And what was the line when Oklahoma and Texas played? Right around where it is, right here, seven and a half. So you're saying Texas proves they can win. This is also on a neutral, and in the interim, Oklahoma certainly hasn't impressed, right? Not on the defensive side, no way. So you're saying this Texas team is more like the team that beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma hasn't gotten any better. Why would this same line be up? Maybe that's why you like Texas. That's why I like Texas. RJ, let me just tell you something. I don't know if anybody else but me, because I had Kansas as a very big play against Texas last week. If you watch the game, Ellinger has been nursing a sore shoulder. He missed Beck wide open several times in the game. Ellinger is not the same quarterback that we saw in the first meeting. So that is why I lean Oklahoma. Texas defense is playing okay. And yeah, uh, Oklahoma gave up 40 to Kansas. How many did Texas score on Kansas? 24. 
So, you know, the offenses to me are going completely different directions. When you watched West Virginia, I understand West Virginia's defense is not the best, but every time Kyler Murray touched that ball, it didn't matter where they started. You knew Oklahoma was dangerous and could score on any single play. I do not get that feeling with Texas at all. All right. So best bet fest, Texas. Ken jumps the line to give his lean on Oklahoma. Brad, you finish your like. I'll say this. KT brings up a good point there. And Ellinger did throw his first interception since the opener, ending a 308 consecutive mark as far as not throwing an interception. 308 consecutive passes. Here's why I like Texas. In addition to what Fez's handicap was, Texas has just owned Oklahoma. Why? I mean, six straight covers by 14 points per game. It's because of what Texas has on defense. Better athletes in the secondary compared to the Kansas States and the Oklahoma States of the world. They can cover the guys in space better than that. They're better up front than everybody else in the Big 12. Texas has just built defensively to stop Oklahoma. I get it. They gave up a ton of points against Oklahoma in the first meeting. It still was like 24 points. What, 10 minutes left in the game? Oklahoma was stopped for a majority of that game against Texas. And I'll throw this trend out here because it's going to get a lot of play. Tom Herman as a dog, still great. 12-1 and as a head coach against the spread. Dating back to his offense coordinator day is now 23-1 and against the number. Okay, so one of the things we were talking about in the first matchup was Oklahoma is optimally built to play Big 12 teams. Texas is the least Big 12 team in the Big 12. Does that still hold for you? Yeah, it does for me. Okay. So, Dave, not one of your likes, not your best bet. Give us just two or three of the most important points, you think. Well, I'm agreeing with you guys. I think the spread is the great equalizer. I actually think Oklahoma may pull that out. But if it was by default, I can't back a Sooners team. You know, they expended a ton of energy beating West Virginia last mm-hmm. week in West Virginia. I can't back a team that gives up 56. The week before, they gave up 40 to Kansas. They haven't beaten a ranked team, period. What is the and best? now you want me to lay seven points with them? Well, I they just, do they it. beat West Virginia. Oh, I, I take that back. Yeah. yeah. But what but is we, their second West best West Virginia win? and gave up 50 Army? Six. Iowa State on the road. Oh, wait. We had this talk on SOV. Yeah. Mm. That's tough. Mm. So we've got a bat. Ken hasn't heard the bat. Esler hasn't heard the bat. Let's let them vote on it. And we won't tell you which side is which. All right. Here's the bat. If Ohio State wins against Northwestern and Oklahoma wins against Texas, that's the only scenario this matters for. And one of the teams of those two makes it. If it's Ohio State or Oklahoma, that's the question. And one of us said, I like Oklahoma so much, I'll give you five to one. So the bet's 100 to win 500. So the person who took Ohio State said, I think there's at least a one in six chance. So there's like a 16% chance Ohio State gets in in that case. And that's, again, Oklahoma wins, Ohio State wins. And one of them gets in because the theory is if Georgia beats Alabama, neither could get in. I mean, we don't know, right? But it's a push in all cases other than one of these two gets in and they both won on Saturday. One of us has Ohio State plus 500. The other one is minus 500 with Oklahoma. Which side would you rather have, Ken? Plus 500 with Ohio State? Yes. Of course I'll take that. Dave. I, mean, I, I think Oklahoma would get in, but I would never lay 5-1. to one. Dave. Ohio State. Yeah. What odds would you put on? Like, at what point would you take Ohio State? Would you take Ohio State at 3-1, to one, Dave? Probably. 2-1? to one? No. 
So like somewhere in the 250 range. Mm -hmm. Ken, where would you take Ohio State? That's a, that's about, uh, you know, I would take three to one or more with Ohio State. I mean, if you give me three to one or higher, I'll take Ohio State. But I, I just think because Oklahoma will avenge their only loss of the year against that team that beat them. And it, and again, it depends if Ohio State pulls a fifty nine. Oh yeah, there's a lot like they of did against Wisconsin sure. a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of facts. So style points they they come into but those play all even out, but but they do come into play in those two particular games to me when I'm looking at this week's games because if Ohio State has Northwestern down, they're not kneeling on the ball, they're pounding it yeah. in to make sure the committee. And that's knows. the thing that I think we've seen. Oklahoma can't blow anyone out because their no. defense is so bad. So only three any, covers this year. If if any team has a chance with style points, I think it's a better chance for Ohio State. Fez, you know who's on which side. Um, what odds would you take Ohio State at? Well, I think the no vig line should be minus two seventy five plus two seventy five. Okay, so everyone's in that range two fifty to three hundred. Brad, you want to reveal your position? Yeah, I took Oklahoma. Victory! But You want to buy out? No. You want to? <laughs> no. No way. You want to offer it around to anyone else? No, I'm good. So you've got your fill of this bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> it's a bad market price bet, but a winning bet. Would you give plus three fifty to Fez? No. He <laughs> oh! Speaking of swindled, he swindled me on some turnover. So weightlifting and turnover. I promise, don't butt heads with him yeah. and the alternative bet. The no. one alternative bet, though. That you butted heads with, and we lost. I I just backed Fez, and we lost. Yeah, he doesn't have anything to say, does he? All right, Georgia, Alabama, lines thirteen. Brad likes the total. Oh, we got our best bet from Mister Dave Esler on this game. I have to do it. I have to take Alabama minus the points. I looked at this game eight ways to Sunday. I know both teams. And it really came down to, for me, Alabama was minus 14 at LSU, gave up zero points. I think their defense is really getting better the last coming down the stretch here. They're minus 13 on what some would call a neutral field. I guess Alabama plays there every year. It's a much more of a home game for Alabama. But ultimately, the deciding point for me was Alabama beat these guys last year. Alabama is a much better team this year. Georgia is a much worse team this year, in my opinion. So how many points would you say this year's Georgia team is down compared to last year's? That's a good question. In other words, what would this year's Georgia yes. team be against this last year's Georgia against this year's Alabama? No, no. I'm saying last year's Georgia against this year's Georgia. So we have a time. There's two players are playing against themselves. This is like a video game, but they're one year younger. If I only knew what I knew then. Uh, four and a half to five. Does that sound right to you, Brad? Yeah, number came to mind, three to four for me, three and a half. Okay, so what was the line last year in this game? Uh, national title game had Alabama favored by, what was it? Four, four and a half. Four and a half, yeah. It moved. I mean, there a lot of money came in on Georgia. Okay, and that was Alabama-Georgia. Some was mine. Yeah. In the title game. Yep. So what we're saying here, though, Georgia has a little home field here, right? A point? Oh, I don't know. Alabama does play here a lot. Half so, point. Yeah. Me. So not much. So what we're saying is the lines adjusted by like nine points. Yeah. It, and we're saying Georgia's like four points of that. Now, how much is Bama upgraded from last year? Six or seven. Ooh. So it seems like that compared to last year's line, Dave's on to something. Continue. Well, ultimately, and then I look at the game on paper. 
And Alabama's run defense has been terrific. Again, lately, they've really come together. They had some issues in the middle of the season. But I think with the way this game plays out, Alabama's just not going to let Holyfield and them run the ball. They're going to make Jake Fromm beat them, and I just don't think he can. And I worry a little bit about laying two scores. There's always that backdoor thing going on. And I said, well, Alabama's defense is always good for six points in the fourth quarter, too. So I like Alabama minus the 13 points. Best bet, Dave Essler. Brad, you like the total. Let's let's save that for last. Ken, you lean Georgia. I do lean Georgia. And the one game that they played badly, it's probably a blessing in disguise because they ran the table since then. The game they lost in Baton Rouge, four turnovers. LSU had none. Fake field goal, got botched. Everything that could go wrong for Georgia that game went wrong. Since then, and if you look at all their wins, are all by 17 points or more. Jake Fromm, 69%. And you also have Fields, a pretty good backup that gives you a guy that can run the ball. So they have two quarterbacks there where Bama does as well, but two is really the guy. Tua stands behind a, a granite wall. That's where I give the advantage to is Alabama's offensive line. Alabama's offensive line is pretty darn good. And Georgia, where they lack from last year to this year, they don't have the same defensive pressure. They're not getting the sacks. And if you don't get in Tua's face, you have no chance of beating this team. So the one thing that Georgia does have uh, is Jake Fromm. And Fromm is a guy that does not force the ball this year. You can see the maturation from last year. And and Swift and Holyfield are both running outstanding uh they're running the ball really well. Uh, and so I think Georgia's got a chance. I talked to Corey Allen before I came here. I wanted to get his take. Corey played wide receiver for Georgia, does some work down there. But he's very, I mean, he'll tell you how it is. He said, look, if we don't get pressure on Tua, we'll have trouble big time defensively all game. But he thinks they can move the ball. He said, look, Auburn moved the ball. It's a 17-14 game. I talked to him about the Citadel. I said, look, if I'm one of the best teams of all times and I'm Bama, it's one thing the first quarter on your home field for this weak FCS team, to a team under 500 in the FCS level, to hang with you. But the second quarter, you figure you're going to clamp down. Not the case. Still 10-10 by halftime. Yeah, they take care of business in the second half. But I really think that Georgia's got a chance. They've got to get one of the first two scores, RJ. But again, when you're going up against a team like Bama, you've got to be perfect as far as you've got to play a perfect game. And that's the whole thing. Georgia can't turn it over. They've got to play a perfect game. If they do, the one thing that Corey told me, they are not intimidated by Bama. All these kids know each other. They're all around from the same area. A lot of these kids played high school ball together. So you saw it last year in the championship game when everybody was giving Bama the title before the game went off. It was right there, tooth and nail. In yeah. fact, Georgia led it 13 nothing at halftime. To me, this Citadel game is like the Ohio State-Purdue game. If you see a game, now listen, if it were the first game of the year and the only data point we had was Alabama tied at halftime against Citadel, I would agree with you, man, there's something there. Could be a fluke, but wow. But when we see Bama play world-class, you know, top three in the country any year, pretty much every game, like what was their worst game this year other than Citadel? Mississippi State, maybe? And if you would have power rated them just off of that game, where would Alabama rank in the country? Meaning all you had, it was a blind resume that game. Mississippi State game or a Citadel game? The Mississippi State game. I'd still have them in the top five, right. easily. So the worst performance of the year, yeah. other than Citadel, makes Bama a top five team. Yep. 
So do we think Citadel had some fluke to it that we don't understand? Or do we think that's the secret truth and every other game's been the aberration? Mississippi State has one of the best defenses in the country, first off. Okay, okay. and Bama still was okay. in but a bad you, game. Did you watch the game against Auburn last week, RJ? I don't watch a ton okay. of college football. 17-14 at halftime, it is not a good Auburn team. And this is a game well, we that... we can always but pick... But they won and covered, Kate. But I'm, I'm saying, it's a game that you're going into. This is a team, your rival, that beat you last year. Beat you in the Iron Ball, cost you, and they still exceed expectations. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, expe- how do you do better than? I'm just saying the expe- doors open for a quality squad like Georgia to beat Alabama. If they no. play anything like they did against Auburn last week, Georgia will have a chance to beat them. No, and, and again, I'm not even questioning your handicap. I'm questioning this focus on the Citadel game. It's such the exception to me. Fest. The irony of this is that we're criticizing Alabama now for two first halves against uh, Auburn and against Citadel. And you could easily make the case that Alabama has been the greatest first-half college football team in the history of college football. Look how dominant they've been. I think that's cherry-picking to look at those two games. It sounds like something you would do if you were trying to make a case. I would. <laughs> You'd say from the middle of the first quarter to the end. Of, go ahead, Ken. No, I was going to say exactly. And if, if for folks that watch the Arkansas-Alabama first half, if Ty Story doesn't fumble on the half-yard line, Arkansas puts him another score and covers that first half. And they end up covering the game. I mean, it's an Arkansas team that just lost, what, 38 nothing, 40 something nothing last week? I if mean, my, what's the saying? Well, so Ken, if my he, aunt had... <laughs> yeah, well, you, what all you guys are doing... But you're Ken, looking I'm at, confused. Why, why don't you have a because, like let here? Me, because it's, when it hits 14... You got my money. I'll take Georgia. Here, I'm waiting for that. That's the one thing. That's so, why. But I will you bet it regardless if it doesn't hit 14? No, no. 14 is key against a team like Alabama. But I think that I think that Georgia is good enough. But I also look at this Bama team. Look at their schedule, RJ. They opened with a Louisville team that's one of the worst teams in the country. They have played nobody. The SEC is down. Yes, they went into LSU and they won that game. But there are no prolific offenses. That's why it intrigues me. As bad as Oklahoma's offense is, I'd love to see Alabama try to stop Oklahoma. Last thoughts, Dave Esler. This is your best bet. It's fairly simple. I'll go back to last year. Georgia was better. Alabama was worse. Georgia brought their A-plus game to that game, was still ahead 13 to nothing at halftime. Alabama brought their B-minus, maybe worse game, and still won the game. 26 to 10 when Tua got in the lineup. So this year, Alabama's better. Georgia's worse. Georgia's not going to be up two scores at halftime. Alabama will be up two scores when the game's over. All right, so Brad, you like the total. Yeah, even though Alabama's had historically good offense, at least under Saban this year, he's still conservative in the type of these big games. Two of them this year against the two best defenses Alabama's faced, LSU and Mississippi State. Alabama's historically good offense still only averaged 25 points per game. Alabama still won a covered. Why? Because they gave up a goose egg on the other side. I just I question Jake Fromm being able to beat Alabama over the top. I do think Alabama can stop the running game of Georgia. And we have here, I know there's been a shift in college football and football in general, but we've ha- we have 26 data points here as far as an SEC championship game, and this is by far the highest total. I'm going under 63 and a half. Hmm. This feels super correlated to me. That if you, Alabama's getting their points, right? Yeah. So really, this goes over under based upon Georgia. Yeah, no question about it. So under that theory... Boy, it's kind of a, Fez, it's kind of a, a contrary correlation. It almost feels like that if you like the under, you've got to like Bama, right? Which is usually the favorite and the over. But it strikes me, Bama's getting their points. 
it's can Georgia kind of match him score for score. You know, it's interesting when you actually do the math. How the heck is Georgia going to get 26 points against Alabama? So you're saying subtracting out the 13 gets you to 50 or so. So 25-25 and then add 13 to to Alabama. Yeah. I almost think if you like Alabama, maybe you like Georgia team total under as well. Hmm. Okay. Best bet. Let's keep moving. That's Dave Esler. By the way, on Twitter, Dave underscore Esler, E-S-S-L-E-R, you get picks and some sardonic commentary Boise favored by two and a half against Fresno we got fat oh oh all right so Ken actually has his best bet on the total and then we've got a crossfire Ken best bet goes first best bet's going to go to the under in this game under 50 and a half was the total first off it's going to be cold there in Boise if you watch these two tangle uh, just a few weeks ago in Boise, same field. So Fresno State not going to be intimidated going up there. I saw Fresno State here at UNLV. I've seen them play. I've gone to Bulldog Stadium. That's a heck of a defense that uh, Tedford has over there. And they were up 17-3 to in that first meeting in the second half. Looked like they had the game under control. Got to give Brett Rippon and the Broncos credit because three consecutive drives, they were able to string together touchdowns. But I think you're going to see a lot of running. Now, Marcus McMarion, he's a good quarterback for Fresno State, takes care of the football, 24 touchdowns, three interceptions. But when they got Ronnie Rivers back a few games back, that was huge because that gives them Rivers and Mims in the backfield. Good, solid one-two tandem. I think Fresno State's defense will flex muscles. They are they're plus 14 in turnovers. Boise's plus 10 in turnovers, so it'll be a, a battle there. But what does Boise do best? They run the football with Alexander Madison. This guy over 1,200 yards, 16 touchdowns. Both teams like to run the ball. Both teams play good, solid defense. I think this game's going to be maybe 37 to 44 points, 50 and a half. Give me the under, my best bet. Okay, that's Ken Thompson. Best bet under Fresno State. Brad, thoughts on the total first? Yeah, and this is the fourth meeting between these two teams in the last calendar year. Each of the first three meetings have gone well under this total. These two teams, like Ken mentioned, like to run the ball. Both are conservative, afraid of maybe making the critical turnover. I see a similar game plan out of these two in this one. Okay, now it's time, and this is on one side. Yes, Dave Esler. He's not afraid. He don't give a care. On the other side... The losing is better on the college preview. <laughs> Steve Fezzik. Are you picking on Fez on purpose, Brad or uh, Dave? No, not at all. If, uh, I guess if I'd have known he was on Fresno before we sat down here, I might have. But oh, you you would have said, like, I'm going to pick him off. Yeah, well, I don't pick him off, pick on him or <laughs> see if I can get the hair on the back of his neck up a little. Well, listen, I love it because Fez, Fez, he gets flustered. Would you agree with that? Would you say as you kind of self-analyze that that there's been more than a few times over your life you've said, boy, I've got to stop. I got to stop getting flustered when the pressure's on. Undoubtedly. One housekeeping item, though, I'm the actually not the worst in terms of results. I'm second worst on this podcast. Oh, and how are you doing in the NFL? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to actually give you a little something that might make you feel better. I don't rattle, kid. <laughs> Little, uh, it's early, RJ. Fast Eddie Fowlson. It's early. All right, let's do it. We got Boise. We got Fresno. Boise 
as we said, favored by two and a half. Let's let Mr. Our guest from Florida, Dave Ashler. Well, I, I, I lean to Boise. It's, well, hold on. You don't lean. You're betting. This is a crossfire. You like it. All right. I'm betting. <laughs> I'm, I, <laughs> I mean, maybe you bet your leans, but we call those likes here, baby. I won't bet against Boise on the blue field. And, you know, as Ken said, it's going to be cold. It's going to be in the low to mid 30s. It's a night game. You got Fresno coming up from California. I, I, I agree with a lot of what Ken said. I just think that Boise at home. And the big thing for me here was Boise's been here before. Boise's here every year. Fresno isn't, like Tedford, but it's been a while. And McMarion has thrown exactly zero passes in his life against a ranked team. This is a bigger stage for him, especially being in Boise. So I think Boise is going to find a way to get it done. All right, so this seems like this is driven by the home field. The home field, the weather, Fresno's inexperience. I think I think those may overcome the fact that Fresno does have a dynamite defense. So, Brad, you've got a pretty, I don't know if you've got the number right in front of you, a pretty amazing stat about this this Boise home field. Yeah, I mean. Against the spread. Well, against the spread, Boise State actually has been a terrible home favorite. In fact, 17 and 38 against the number as a home favorite. But they're laying 10, 14, 21, 28 in a lot of those games. Here's one I think is more applicable. Boise State since 1999 is 121-8 and eight straight up. This is less than three. More often than not, you just need Boise State to win the game here. Uh, so I think it goes to show you yes. that when there's something that's clearly a winning situation, whatever it is, once the market understands that, the premium is put on it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it becomes a loser. It's so much. It's like back to backs in the NBA used to be Fez. I mean, I'm talking 25 years ago. People didn't understand how valuable. And then eventually they understood it. And then at some point, sometimes they, it gets, oh, I think Boise, there was so much talk about the blue turf and they were such big favorites in spots. It was the public just like, oh, they yep. got the blue turf. Here, I think you make a good point. This is a pretty much pick the winner game. Mm-hmm. And but, Boise's had two of them here in the last month. Fresno and Utah State won the game, covered the game. Now, before we go to Fez, you do the power ratings. Right now, neutral field, just pure power ratings. Who's the better team? Fresno State is. By how much? Mm, two points. And home field for Boise is four? Oh, in this case, yeah, I would say four, four and a half. So you're saying in that case, pure power ratings, home field, this line is exactly right. Yeah, and that's why I only have a slight lean. Mm-hmm. All right, Faz, you make your case. And it's all about that home field advantage. Let's address this. Why does Boise have such a tremendous home field advantage? I would argue a big part of it, camouflage. You go ahead and you put your safeties back there. They're wearing blue. The turf is blue. It's hard to see them. What situation would mitigate that home field the most? Having played in that very stadium a few weeks earlier, as these two teams did, advantage Fresno. They've seen all that. They can adjust to it. We see this in the NFL. But, but under that theory, the teams they play in conference that play there often would somehow not have trouble at Boise. Well, they only play there every other year. So that's, you know, mm. not, not not three weeks ago. And in terms of energy, remember, Boise has just had back-to-back games against the other good teams in the conference. They, they won a close game against Fresno. And they had an all-in game against Utah State. Another close game. They led by two with... I believe 10 seconds to go, and then they scored on the last play of the game, essentially. So they've had to put a whole lot of energy 
into last week's game, whereas Fresno, who is the better team, coasted against a cupcake. Fresno gets the revenge. They're the better team. It's the better spot. Fresno. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I've been in a lot of spots, and again, not as a Division One level athlete, but you play a golf course and you just hate something about it. If you play there the next day, you're still hating it. Like it takes more than one game to get used to something like my whole life I've been playing football and now I can't, you know, I'm having trouble. And when you say camouflage, the theory is that the jerseys and the turf kind of merge together. I will say John Elway said when he won his first Super Bowl going to San Diego, a place that he went to every year was definitely favorable for him. But I think with the Super Bowl, some of that's like the trip to the stadium, you know, all the things around the Super Bowl that feel, feel so foreign. I, I think on the field... That's interesting. All right. Any, uh, so we got you two auto bet. Esler on Boise, two and a half. It's fine. It's 115, but it's no big here, baby. Esler getting a little edge over Fez. Fez on Fresno, plus two and a half. Brad, any closing thoughts? No, I don't. Lean Fresno for me. I'm going to stay away because if I had to pick here, I'd actually pick Fresno, but. Dave's our guest. Now, if you really want some extra action, Dave, I'll give it to you. Like, <laughs> you got to say please. Well, actually, I'm not down for the year, so. Because <laughs> I kind of feel like this is a spot where everyone and their brother is going to bet Boise. And I, I, I got a feeling if they made this line three, that you wouldn't get, the public would still bet Boise. So it's kind of the market or it's the odds maker saying we don't mind the public batting the shit out of Boise here is kind of what I'm reading. And keep in mind, in that game a couple weeks ago, Fresno State was a three-point favorite at Boise State. Have these two teams changed that much in the last couple weeks? I say no. So Boise won that game. Yeah. By how many? Seven. Seven. And was that a lucky win, Fez, in, in Fez world? No, they outgained him by 50 yards. But, you know, Fresno did have the lead early on. So it was 17, early three. on. 17-3 in the second half. Yeah, it was a very competitive game. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Pittsburgh, Clemson. Oh, my gosh. No one has anything. So let's go through this one quick. 26 and a half. Ken Thompson. That's the thing. 26 and a half. The only reason probably most of us aren't on Clemson. Look, Pittsburgh, one-dimensional team, more or less. Even their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, runs it better than he throws it. Allison and Hall, these two guys over 2,100 yards, 19 touchdowns on the ground. They need turnovers. They need things to happen to go their way for them to hang with this Clemson offense because Clemson, they're waiting for a game like this to where they show their hand. They know now we can actually go all in, let Lawrence air it out. We can go for the jugular. Yeah, they put up 60-plus in, in a, several other games, and they've won convincingly in some games. And I don't even think that they've put it into fifth gear yet offensively. So I think they put a good portion of it uh, together against Pittsburgh. They blow them out. But again, the running game, clock's going to keep going. If Pitt can get an early touchdown, one of the first two scores, you know, the number might be right where it is. And uh, that's why I'll stay away. It's just too many points to land a championship game. That's Ken Thompson. Ken, so you might have to look in your notes on this. What's your, how's your football record so far this year? Uh, the last, since September the 22nd, 40 wins, 16 losses, three pushes, plus 68.1 units. 
<laughs> you didn't even look down. I don't, I don't need to do you know those. Are, and I'm, I'm picking some of the, the right games. I'm weeding them out, <laughs> making them, some of the right. Ones. <laughs> I'm making the making the right choices. You know, some of it might just be my natural skill. Some of it could be good fortune. I don't uh, know. It is. I don't you know. Definitely need good is. fortune in this in this industry <laughs> if you're gonna ha- if you're gonna go over the top. If you're gonna you know be slightly over 500, it could be a lot more skill. Fezzik has his own oh, stuff. Right. He gets his cymbals. Yeah, he gets the horns. <laughs> well, listen, we've got a special offer for Ken Thompson because he is something and something, some great record. It's a 90-day all-access. So you get his college football. You get his NFL, which is doing well. You get his college basketball. Everything. If he's got a pick, you got it. And that pretty much runs till the beginning of March. So you can get to March. Book a nice win, hopefully, and then decide what you want to do for March Madness. You get all that for four forty nine. That's cut by forty percent off the normal price. It's five bucks a day. It's actually less than five bucks a day. And you can just let's just say you say I'm not a basketball guy. I'm not a bat. Okay, you can get his football all access. All the way through the Super Bowl, everything, every pick, bowls like crazy, three sixty five. So you're paying a little less than a hundred more if you want the basketball. Football by itself is great. All you do, go to pregame.com, click buy picks. That's up in the top tab. Click Ken Thompson's name on the left. You'll see that special. That's for him only. Him only. And that's a limited time offer. Check it out. So, Brad, you also lean Clemson. Yeah, I do. And let's talk about the matchup. Significant one here for Clemson. Ken already mentioned it. Pittsburgh's one-dimensional, can only run the football. Last week, I think you saw kind of a foreshadowing of what we'll see this week. Pittsburgh played the nation's leader, as far as Miami goes, in tackles for loss on defense. What happened? Pittsburgh allowed 14 tackles for a loss, only managed 69 yards, a season low, going up against that Hurricanes defense. Well, Miami's number one in the country in tackles for loss on defense. Who's number two? Oh, it's Clemson. And see, when you can shut down and make Pitt one-dimensional, they can't do anything on offense. Pittsburgh, even in today's day and age of college football, one game this season with more than 200 yards passing, Clemson makes Pitt one-dimensional. And I, I don't see how Pitt scores 10 points here on the flip side. Unlike Miami, Clemson has a legit offense. So this is one instance where I'm not afraid to lay the 26 and a half. All right, but just a lean. Just a lean because RJ, I'm just not built to lay that in a championship game. Are you kidding me? 26 and a half? <laughs> lay the lumber, baby. The question is, we have a friend of ours that might have an interesting handicap in this game. Yes. It's Haystack Hank. What's he think of this Clemson game? Are you kidding me, man? I'm going with them Clemson Tigers. Are you kidding me? They got defensive linemen scoring touchdowns left and right. When your defensive linemen are going to score more touchdowns than Pitt's running backs, we got to lay the wood here. I forget 26 and a half. This is at least, at least a six touchdown victory for Clemson. They roll to the playoffs. And he's gone. Haystack is gone. It's funny when he shows up, he literally like throws Brad away. He uses Brad's mic, which is weird. Always Brad's mic. I mean, Brad's the smallest guy here, maybe. So he just throws him aside. 
almost like like Hacksaw Jim Dugan used to come in the ring and <laughs> you know he tossed people around a little bit. Hey <laughs> I mean, Fez was demented right there. I, I saw him make eye contact with me, and and part of him made me, th- part of him thought somehow I was giving him approval, but I wasn't. So I guess I should have said no, no. And then he just screams into the mic. I mean, listen, there's only one Fez. <laughs> You know, Fez, that was so good. That was good. It was so bad, but so good. I'm going to throw a coupon on top of that can offer. It's going to be Dream. We're going to keep this one simple. Dream 25. D-R-E-A-M 2 and 5. And it will be good for anything you want to buy. Multiple use through this Sunday. Now think about that. You want to buy the Ken Thompson special? Boom. 25% off. You're saving 50 plus. What? Almost a hundred bucks on the big one. You want to buy Esler? You want to buy Fed? Doesn't matter. You want to buy on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or just one? Doesn't matter. We're going to keep it good because Dave's here. Let's celebrate. It's a combination of Dave being here and Fez's insane yell. <laughs> Dream 25, D R E A M, all caps, the number two, the number five. Use it in your shopping cart as much as you want. Now, with Ken's deal, it, it becomes. Like, wow, if you've ever thought about dipping your toe, then now is the time. And if, you've, if you're a steady buyer, you know what kind of value is being offered there. All right. Esler, any thoughts on this one? You didn't like it. I think that Clemson's going to make their statement in the first half. I do like Clemson first half. So what number are you guessing? Uh, probably two touchdowns, maybe maybe a little more than that. But here's the thing. Clemson Clemson lost to Pittsburgh two years ago. It was the only loss the year they won the national championship. So I don't think they're overly happy about it. I think they'll make this statement in the first half. I couldn't touch the full game because obviously Clemson's focused on a little bit bigger prize. And I think they pull a lot of people in that game. They're trying to stay healthy for the next level here. So I, I think Clemson first half is probably doable. Yeah, you're going to have to lay 17, 17 and a half, though. 16 and a half. 16 and a half. Yep. Well, Pittsburgh's not going to score, so Clemson will get 21. Let's do that. All right, so a little bonus derivative from Asler. Next game, the Ohio State University versus Northwestern. Oh, look, Fez. Hmm. Maybe we should just do a bet. Let's forget the spread. Let's not let our intellect get in the way here. Why don't we just do a, a pride bet? You're a Northwestern guy. I'm a Buckeye. And, you know, we can, let's just do five dimes. I was thinking of pizza. <laughs> All right, pizza. Deal. It's just happy. <laughs> no trimmings. No, no, no. I want the, uh, I, I want the Sicilian. <laughs> at our at our place, and if I win, I want to go. What was that? Sucasa Amiga on Tropicana. What's that restaurant? I know what you're talking about, but I'll get you a pizza from Pizza Hut. Amore, yeah. <laughs> five dollar hot. <laughs> Here you go. We'll get two mediums. You have one. I have one. We'll go our separate way. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I'll go home and watch some Soprano reruns with my yellow bell peppers. <laughs> All right. The line is 14. We got Brad liking this game. We got Dave liking this game. And we got Ken. This is a triple like. Guess first, Dave Esler. Well, I mean, you guys are going to go into the sides and all whatnot, but I think the big advantage here 
is that game is a late game, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific. And Ohio State will go into this game knowing the score of the Oklahoma game, knowing the score of the SEC championship. This is a team in Northwestern that lost to Akron. I think another big advantage here for Ohio State is where that game's played. It's indoors, Lucas Oil Stadium, turf. I think that is going to just magnify the team speed advantage that Ohio State already has. So, yes, we like Ohio State here. Ken Thompson. Yeah, I agree. The indoor facility there, the turf, definitely a speed advantage big time. And a Northwestern team still that doesn't have the same guy that was throwing the ball and running the ball last year from the quarterback position in Clayton Thorson. Again, you know, hurt that knee last year at the end and uh, has never really recovered as far as to be able to pick him up, put him down. Has thrown it a lot better. Has some good blue-collar guys in Flynn Nagel and uh, some of these other guys that, you know, you don't know much about. But you do know about guys like Paris Campbell and McLaurin and Dixon and K.J. Hill and then Dobbins and Weber. I mean, these guys go up and down the field. Great speed for Ohio State, and there's going to be an advantage there. And somewhere along the line, Ohio State's probably going to string couple consecutive scores together and I think they're going to win this game somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, uh, 20 to 24 points. Yeah, I like Ohio State here. I'll make it unanimous and I think you guys bring up the, the number one factor it being played on turf here. Where does Northwestern play on a slow grass outside? They cut it high typically. That's how Northwestern doesn't get necessarily taken advantage of against Notre Dame and Michigan earlier in this year. Won't be the case in this one. On top of that, What's Ohio State's motivation when you're laying two touchdowns? They have it here to get some margin. At least if Oklahoma wins, then Ohio State needs to be more impressive than Oklahoma. And Urban Meyer's the type of coach he's shown in the past, not afraid to run it up. I think that'll be the case here at Buckeyes roll. We bet- we talked about it on Straight Out of Vegas. Let me get all of you in the mix. This is the night game, right? Oklahoma yep. play is going to be done. Yep. I think there's a couple ways to look at that. One is Oklahoma wins. Ohio State has to make more of a statement, margin, style points. On the other hand, if Oklahoma loses, Ohio State is extra focused. Like we, you know, they just got to win, but they're going to be even more focused to win. And naturally at 14, that means a better chance at that margin. If a team's laying 35, that's a different story. But at 14, if you're playing hard to win, yeah, yeah, late in the game, you know, you're up by 13 ball with six minutes. Yeah. Maybe then needing style points or not varies, but I think both cases help a high state. Is there a clear, if this happens early, I'm inclined to do this. Let's go around the horn. I think if Oklahoma like crushes Texas, which is unlikely, but if that happens, then really Ohio state doesn't have a chance. And in that instance, that's in your fantasy world, yeah, right? Everyone disagrees with you. The market disagrees with you. So you think at that point, Ohio state doesn't think we need to crush them even more. They they just get roll over. I don't see That's why I like the Buckeyes here. And it's borderline best bet material for me. I don't see where they're not motivated to get margin. All right. Anyone else got any fez? There's a clear two-team parlay you have to play, in my opinion, because we can debate if Oklahoma wins by 21, will the Buckeyes try to win by 40? Will they be motivated? Will they not be motivated? But there is no debate if Oklahoma wins a close game or if Oklahoma loses, it's hell's bells. Ohio State's going to go running out there in Indianapolis. So parlay Texas plus seven and a half with Ohio State laying the lumber. comes through 
I mean, I maybe that, that du- maybe that Dugan thing like shook something loose in his brain. Actually, I'll say I actually liked it. That was a good impression. That was good stuff. Yeah. Going to carry the two by four next week. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, any thoughts on motivation? Yeah, and I think everybody's already making it a foregone conclusion. And I know it's Dave Essler's best bet. I'm just saying. Crazy stuff happens. Championship week, college football in general. There's always a game that you go back and go, God, I didn't see that coming. Don't count Georgia out. So Ohio State could have incentive because if Alabama loses to Don't count Georgia out in what case? To where if they win that game, it's also before the Ohio State game. If they take out Alabama, Alabama will only have one loss. I agree with that. Ohio State also, even if Oklahoma wins, they're going to, these teams are going to try and get in there to keep two SEC teams out of there. So, so that's an interesting question. If Georgia beats Bama, what would you, if I wanted Bama to make the playoffs in that case, would you get, would anyone give it to me at even money? No. All right. So we all think it's better than 50% Bama would make it. Yeah. Would you, if I was willing to lay 200, would anyone give it to me? 300. At what point would someone say, I'm going to bet no on the Bama if you're willing to lay 300. 400. Where's the number? Fez. 600. Wow. Brett. Yeah, 500 is the first number that came to my mind. Wow. So we're saying, we're thinking it's over 80% if Georgia beats Alabama that Ohio State and Oklahoma are out. Correct. Alabama has to get blown out. And Brad has mentioned Alabama does not get blown out ever. Mm. So you're saying that. Now, when's that Alabama game? It's at 4 o'clock. It'll be done by the time this one kicks off at 8. That, yeah, that would be. So the theory is, but on the other hand, it could be, hey, we got to kill him by 70. And it's hard. I don't think there's clear motivation here. But I do agree with you, Fez. If Texas wins or covers, Ohio State feels energized by that. Mm-hmm. All right. That's bad for my bet because I agree with it. Mm. <laughs> well, you, got, you got a horrible bet. Yeah. <laughs> Wish and paid. Stanford, Cal, Stanford, two and a half. Fez, you like it? Yeah, I like Cal. Oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, crossfire. Oh, oh, here oh, we go. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, you guys, actually, are just sitting back. Now, remember, Dave, you can jump in on either side here if you want. That's the beauty of it. Stanford, Cal. We got Fez on one side. We got Mr. Ken Thompson on the other. Fez, this is road game for you in college. You go first. Yeah, I like Cal here. All about two teams trending in opposite directions, in my opinion. Cal started the year slowly. Love the way they've been playing just in the past four or five games. I think they're playing their best football. And I can't say the same about Stanford. Stanford's down this year versus where they've been in prior years. And frankly, I saw a lot of things I'm concerned about in their 49-42 win at UCLA. Uh as far as the stats, UCLA won the stats by 50 yards. UCLA was minus one in turnovers. UCLA could easily have won that game. If you're almost going to lose to UCLA, you're going to lose to Cal Stanford. I'll take Cal. Yeah, I would think that, too, if uh, Cal had any type of offense, but they don't. They were very inconsistent. Last week, Chase Garber, 14 to 26, 116 yards. Patrick Laird, their best running back, rushed 18 times for 45 yards. They found a way to get it done. Why? Because Colorado just can't take care of the football. But how about this? How about these stats here? Colorado, 318 total yards. Cal, 211. Cal on third down at home versus Colorado. One of 17 on third downs. Absolutely atrocious. Got out first down, 19 to 12. Garber, to me, 
is an inconsistent quarterback. He cannot run like McIlwain. They may mix him up, but a key loss for Cal as well. Their left tackle, three-time letterman, Patrick Meckern, out for the year. Major blow there. What does that do? That opens it up for Stanford to get pressure on an already inconsistent Chase Garber. Look, they got Bryce Love back. He's still not the Bryce Love of last year, but 23 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. I'll take that. You give me J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, by far the best receiver on the field. You got the best tight end and maybe the best tight end in college football in Colby Parkinson. He'll be there as well. You got Irwin and St. Brown. I really think Stanford, yes, maybe a little lackluster against Chip Kelly's wide-open offense in a nice day. This is the game. Stanford will be refocused defensively, and they'll take it out on a very pathetic Cal offense. Stanford has no, nothing. there's nothing they can do. They'll outscore Cal. Cal just can't score. Ken likes Stanford. Fez likes Cal. Autobat. Brad, tiebreaker. Eileen Stanford here. Uh, Ken mentioned how misleading last week's Cal-Colorado game was. I'll just say this. Cal was plus five turnovers, and the number pretty much the final score fell right where the betting line was, right around 12. And I don't think I've ever seen this in college football. To start the game, Cal got not one but two pick sixes in the first two minutes of the game. I don't think I've ever seen that. Very fortunate win for Cal. I agree. I got the better quarterback, the much better offense here, and just a better matchup. Give me Stanford, who owns this series. Eight straight wins, Mega nine. Give me the Cardinal. Dave Esler, any thoughts? Well, Not one of your likes. I don't have a strong opinion here, but Ken seems to be kind of lonely over there. So I'm going to come down with Cal for the simple reason. Oh, are you betting? No. <laughs> no. I, you know, I'm kind of feeling sorry for Ken over there. It was a great handicap. I don't disagree with Fez. Except Brad agreed with him. But yeah. I think, I think, I think that Fez, I, you're just so powerful. It's like you against two, and it's like the two are lonely somehow. <laughs> And Ken well, talked, I'm, I'm hoping Ken some, talked three times as long. Well, I'm hoping there'll be some. I hope, I'm hoping there'll be some reciprocity somewhere. It, it along all, the, line. the funny thing is, at the very end, Ken kind of goes, "Yep, nothing, nothing, cow could do." It's like it's like it went from like a like to like this baby's a lock. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, listen. This is what's coming up. There's a best bet from Mr. Brad Powers, and Ken likes it. So you got the two college specialists. On the same game. And oh, by the way, and again, maybe this is something that you want to talk about. Maybe it's not, Brad. What's your best bet record right now? 10 and 3. Not bad. <laughs> no, a snap call on yeah, the record. There, there was no yeah. delay there. Yeah. Ken, how you doing on your best bets right here in front of the world? Nine and two, I believe. No, eight and three. <laughs> Last week was West Virginia, right? Yeah, plus two and a half. You took two and a half. Took the bad number. <laughs> oh, okay. That's I mean, Brad, I, 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 actually, for those that bought it at pregame, I waited till it was three and a half, so I did win it. Oh, that's pre-game. great. I mean, listen, late. No, that's, you're right. Late releases have an advantage, no doubt. Well, no, this podcast is Tuesday, so yeah, that's no big deal. Yeah. That, no, listen, that's, that's the beauty of it. We these are the numbers. That are the market now, exactly. the market changes. No doubt. And later that causes you to come on or off games. That's the whole point of late tele- late releases. But, but what was fascinating, I mean, like you, I wish the cameras were on it. Like Brad, you would think if Ken gave the wrong, you know, one more win, one less loss, he would have said, you know, Ken, like this is what I would have said. 
So Ken says the wrong number. I'd say, Mr. Thompson, you've had a hell of a season, but you know, we really focus on transparency here and accuracy. And listen, this is a business. There's a lot of liars. We don't want even an honest mistake to make that impression. I actually think if you look at that West Virginia game, you actually lost it. And I know later you, your guys won, but we got a grade by the current numbers and cause of that you're eight and three. That's what I would have said. <laughs> Instead, I was looking at Brad and he like, he bumped his eye into the mic. Like, like, I don't know if you can hear this going for it. And he goes, Whoa, no, 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 no. He goes, no, no, no. Eight and three, eight and three. I mean, like, did you even, I mean, you're, you're a smart guy. Did your brain even consider not saying like saying something or it was just like stomp on his attempted like your, his attempt to take your glory yeah it was total stomp <laughs> not even a millisecond salt consider. the earth salt rj the earth. here i am watching the usc game and everybody knows usc is my squad and i'm rooting for poor brad because i know he's at the game and i'm like gosh let his team go undefeated i mean our team doesn't deserve to you know even be in a bowl game i don't even want to be in a bowl game this year it's that bad let and I'm looking at the stat. USC's got like 130 yards. Notre Dame has five. I'm going like, what the hell? I'm going, it's Brad. <laughs> the commandant. And I'm thinking if they lose this game and it's the only one and Brad's been against Notre Dame, I'd say 80% of the time this year, mm-hmm. if he goes there and they lose, that would have been the end. But I'm you glad know, we can. got a minute here. Let's What's dig that? Let's dig in. So Brad, are you a lonely child or <laughs> only child? No, no. I have a younger sister. Did you feel like, was your dad distant? Emotionally? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, never got a good job or nothing. He never got a good job. No. So he took it out. He of never, I never got a good job. Straight A student, valedictorian, <laughs> nothing. Now, it was you and three other kids in the class? Uh, I was one out of 132. You had 132 kids in your class? Yeah. You had to bust in like 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hated that bus ride. How long was the bus ride? It was exactly 40 minutes. Oh, my God. I don't know how you knew that. I don't know either. I was the first kid picked up, last kid dropped off. I always hated it. It made no sense. If you're first picked up, at least maybe the first dropped off. I mean, I think it's geography, though. Like, you're, you're at the furthest point. I, I could walk there. I should have walked. It was two miles away. I don't know how you got an A in geography. <laughs> Guys, you're on today, buddy. <laughs> How would they have dropped you off? I mean, you were the furthest away. How would that happen? What do you mean? I was only two miles away. Oh, so it was a 40-minute bus ride yeah. for two miles? Yes. Why didn't you just take a bike? Like, ride your bike in? I, Did you not have enough money for a bike? I didn't have a good bike. <laughs> I was poor. So you were just sitting on that bus all alone? Yeah. Like, would anyone talk to you? Not always. <laughs> I was scheming. <laughs> He's thinking one day I'm going to be in Vegas and have all these people. Pretty much. You, wanna, you know what we can do? For the national, this is what we'll tease ahead to. For the National Championship Game podcast, we're going to carve out three minutes for you to send like an F you to all your doubters growing up. <laughs> we'll just say, this is Brad Powers. I'm going to talk. Because remember, we're going for Fox. We're getting all of us, Fez and Brad, the straight out of Vegas guys, all expenses paid to the Super Bowl. I mean, think about that. That lonely kid in the back. Now, were you- I sat either in the way back <laughs> or the way front. 
just away away from everyone. Yeah. Just <laughs> like if you would have had like if they would have rubbed like cow poop on your neck, <laughs> it would have been the same thing. I mean, if you just smell like cow poop, not that you did, but it would have been the same distance. Pretty much. It wasn't cow poop, though. It was just you. Yeah. What do you th- Did you ever? Th- <laughs> Mackie, jump on the producer mic. Do you Come have a, on. do you, you were sleepy, have a question for Brad? <laughs> cause, you, cause you're laughing in there. I like, interrupt what you're doing right <laughs> now. <laughs> so do you, now think about that. Do you ever think they looked at little Brad Powers and said, I bet one day he's going to have an all access pass at the Super Bowl. No. He's going to be up on the Fox stage where all the other radio people are down below in little folding chairs. And we're up on a 400 square foot logo, like Colin Cowherd walking by, giving you a high five as part of the team. Once I tell him who you are, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Did you ever think that? I mean, do you think they ever suspected that? No. Hmm. So do you feel like you want them to know? Like, hell yeah. There's a part of me. <laughs> More than a part. <laughs> All right. So that's the, our, our promise is what we'll do in the national championship, you know, the BCS edition or not the BCS, I guess the playoff championship edition of this. We'll let you have three minutes. Now that's called a tease. We've got <laughs> for the, for you professional radio guys, we've got one and only one commercial break than our best bet. One commercial break, one commercial, old friend, true car. Every car comes with its share of stories. That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date. The luxury package you got after a big promotion. Or the mileage you save by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with true car, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell or trade in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation and moonroof? Watch as they bump up your value. High mileage? You already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Car cash offer not available in all areas. If it's available in yours, take advantage. You know, Brad, you could have told those kids, I don't give a care. Hmm. <laughs> I do care. Though. Probably way too much. 20-year grudges. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, there's no better fuel. That's the purest. Hate is the purest fuel. It's past fat time. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. The best thing was... I mean, I'll be honest, Fez was hilarious. I, I mean, there was probably seven or eight belly laugh moments on this show. Esler was stone-faced for every one of them. But at one point when you were admitting stuff, he just burst out laughing. <laughs> I was just wondering if it was ever going to end. I don't know no. if it will. <laughs> 
got something you carry with you. Rosebud. Rosebud. Yes. <laughs> exactly. All right, go, Brad. Yeah, I'm going to take Washington here. Best bet, Washington minus five. Here's what I see with the Huskies. I get it. They've been overrated all season long. But here's what I've seen, and this isn't something that's happened in the last three, four games. This is something that's just happened in the last one or two games with Washington. They're getting much healthier at several key positions. Number one, running back, Miles Gaskin. He's a preseason All-American, missed a couple of games. What did he do last week? Had his best game of the season against Washington State. Tight end, Hunter Bryant, missed the first 10 games of the season. He was an all-pack 12 player coming in. He came in last week, had 100 yards, best game by far of the season. Washington left tackle, an All-American. Trey Adams missed the first 10 games of the season. He's back for Washington. Why? The new redshirt rule says he can play the last three, four games of the season and not lose any eligibility. He's back for the Huskies. So a Washington team that's been struggling offensively, Finally showed a little bit something last week against Washington State. I think that carries over here. I'll take the Huskies, I think, that are underrated now, finally, for the first time this year, minus the five. So they finally win a game, <laughs> and now they're underrated? They've won nine games. No, but finally win a surprising game. Because that Auburn loss looks worse and worse, right, in hindsight. It does, but I mean... No, I'm not questioning the handicap. I'm just questioning how... Them having their, wouldn't we call that Washington State their biggest win of the year? No question about it. Sir. So how do you have your biggest win and then still be underrated? Because, they must have been super underrated before that. Well, they were certainly underrated last week because I know a lot well, of you people. You liked Washington State. No, I was really? the only one on this table. Because you questioned me, you're like, you have Washington ahead of Washington State in your power ratings? You asked me that. Go to the, Oh, yeah, the but tape. what was the line in the game? Washington State was favored by three. Yeah, so... The idea that the three-point... I was the only one that had Washington. <laughs> Check right. the tape. The only one that had Washington. All right. Listen, I'm not trying to trigger you from your high school right now, okay? Don't. Not right now. You got me <laughs> fired up. <laughs> Dave Astor. Oh, wait. Ken actually likes this one, too. So let's... No, actually, Dave does, too. Guess first. Dave. Well, I, you know, I, I wouldn't call this sort of an empathy like for Brad because I'm still feeling that last... <laughs> You know, but there's a lot more where I came Brad, from. Brad, yeah, I'm sure. Brad did a great job of that. I, the only thing I can add to that, you know, Washington has a little extra rest here. Utah played Friday. Washington has some extra rest. I wonder how much energy Utah had to use coming back against BYU. Like Washington's been here before. They were here two years ago. Utah's never been here. I have to go with Washington. I mean, that, that line seems low. When I first looked at it, I'm thinking, well, why is it that low? And I guess this might be one of those ones where you just don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I agree with Brad. I like Washington. All right. So two best bet, Dave or Brad Powers. The wrestler likes it. Ken Thompson likes Washington. Yeah, I like it. I would think, you know, even though this is a title game for the Pac-12, it's still somewhat of a letdown spot for Utah. Their biggest rival is BYU. And they're playing at home where they're usually dominant. Now, they played Washington at home early in the year, and I thought it was a good spot for Utah. But Washington dominated that game. The final score was 21-7. Should have been 38-7. Watch the game. I was on the wrong side. But there are certain games that you watch, even though you know you lost your money, just in case something like this comes up later on in the season where you think you can take advantage and maybe come over the top and make more money. And I think that's the case here. Washington, I was mad at myself because you heard me last week. I was on Washington, and something told me, you know what, maybe little brother Washington State is better than I think. And I not only 
didn't, not only did I get off Washington, but I got on Washington State. So I got a lot of money to make back, and I'm looking to do it right here on Washington. Utah, Shelly and Shine, the quarterback running back tandem. Remember, they're new because of the injuries to the starters for Utah earlier. Huntley, Moss, both went down. Right now, Utah's going to be up against it. Slight letdown spot because they come back at home from 20 nothing down against their arch rival BYU and win the game. And now they're going up against a very physical team. Oh, by the way, if you haven't seen the middle linebacker for Washington, his name's Ben Burkirvin. The guy's got 155 freaking tackles. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know what the second guy has on Washington? 66. That's how dominant this guy is. Washington rolls. Yeah, second half of my handicap, let's talk line value. Washington, in that earlier meeting at Utah, was laying four and a half. Won the game, covered the game, should have won and covered the game. What's happened since? I mentioned at the first start, Washington's gotten healthier recently. On the flip side, Utah, since that game, lost their starting quarterback, lost their starting running back. How's this number only, so you, only five? So you would have flipped to ten and a half or so in theory if it was a six-point flip from, you said, five and a half? So yeah, four and a half. So Washington. Oh, it's four and a half. That's yeah. Yeah, it was four and a half in Salt so Lake City. Half, so yeah. Washington would have been eight and a half on a neutral. Eight yeah. and a half, nine. Santa Clara. Yeah, it's in Santa Clara, right? Oh, this game. Yeah, this is, is that new- neutral. Oh, okay, okay. So you're saying you're seeing, and how much would you have upgraded or downgraded Utah relative to Washington since that game? If you add all the factors oh, up, oh. what's the relative difference? Right now, I'd say mm, that's tough because Utah really impressed there after that one. Washington disappointed. I'd still say Washington up a couple points, Utah down a couple points. So you're saying then it, at minimum, this line should be 10 based upon that original line. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Ken. Likes Washington. Brad, best bet Washington. Astler likes Washington. Fez, the rare quadruple like. Yeah, I like the Washington here because of the scheduling spot. Let's talk bye weeks, RJ. So Washington just had a bye here in November. Utah has not had a bye since September. Advantage Washington. Washington has only had one road game throughout the entire November. That was at Washington State. This is Utah's fourth road game. Their last six. A lot of scheduling advantages for Washington. All right, guys, listen. Announcement. Next week, we're going to do the first early bowl games. But more importantly, we're going to have our early bowl game best bet. From everyone, Astler from Florida, Brad, Ken, Fez. So I would say more than any other place, if you would say, where do you want to bet early the most? I'd say in bowl games. Does anyone disagree? Not so much as the place, but it's one of the places where how often on the 28th you start looking at the games and you say, shit, this thing opened four and a half, now it's two and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like the the move goes against my picks that I gather from you guys late, like 80% of the time. Fez, you agree? Very much. So let's just F the bookies. Next week we'll have all those early best bets, plus the early bowl games. Also, Esler against the VIG. Maddie Holt. They're going to deny it, but there's a deep animosity there. And they're going to, for the first time ever, face-to-face on the NFL Dream Pod. Talk to you there. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit PodcastOne.com and download the Podcast One app. 
Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.